Listening to Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey. I'm here to encourage you to strengthen your relationship with your Creator so that you can grow to the point where you see the pattern and make a conscious decision to live your best life. I'm Alicia, and let's grow together. Today's topic is filling the void. And my key scripture today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. And it says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Verse 14, If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon he shall receive a reward and verse 15 if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire as you meditate on that scripture today i want you to think about this most of us go to work and have a job we work but work is not our job Our work is who we are and how we advance the kingdom of God. I can go to work and do anything, but it is not my work that will make an impact on others. It is who I am. When we become who God created us to be, we advance the kingdom by default. Becoming who we are in Christ is actually a catalyst to advancing the kingdom of God. So we don't need to dwell on a strategy on how to advance the kingdom. Really, all we, need to fo- all we need to do is focus on how to become a better version of ourselves. To become who we are, we must know who we are. And to know who we are, we have to acknowledge and accept where we are. And we must have a vision for where we want and need to be. Once we begin to know God spend time with God, receive God's love, then we are able to know our motives and ourselves. When we spend time with God privately, God is able to speak to us about ourselves and show us the things we miss. We are always becoming something. We are always moving in a direction. We're either progressing or regressing. The goal is to progress, but if we stay stagnant, We will still be moving, but we'll be regressing. We know that no one is ever going to arrive, air quotes, at a place of perfection or maturity in anything while we are living. I'm just here trying to become better than I used to be. I'm not trying to become someone else or become what someone else thinks I should be. Therefore, I just want to talk with you today on something we all have to examine within ourselves, the void that we have within ourselves. So let's discuss this void that we have. And when you think of void, what do you think of? I think of a black hole, emptiness, something missing like a puzzle piece. 
I think of quicksand. I think of sinking, a bottomless pit. Well, the definition of void in the dictionary is, in the context of the law anyway, is having no legal force or effect, not legally binding or enforceable, useless, ineffectual, vain. When you think about the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says the earth was without form and void. So that means the earth was not legally binding. It was useless. It was empty prior to God speaking purpose into it. We were not meant to be void of anything. We were made to have purpose. But because certain needs have not been met and because we do not really know who we are, There are pockets of emptiness in ourselves that as we mature, we must be filled uh, for us to become the best version of ourselves. We as adults, at some point, have to take inventory of who we are. We can be so many things to so many people. A lot of us, especially women, wear multiple hats. We may be a parent to a child, a director to an employee, a listening ear to a friend. And one of the most significant ways we can measure our growth is through the relationships that we have. Relationships are giving and receiving. Of course, if you are the parent in a relationship, most times you're going to give more than you receive. A lot of times the child can only give unconditional love to reciprocate. Sometimes, however, we end up giving so much in a relationship that it begins to create a void within us. What we fail to realize is that the person who is on the receiving end actually has a larger void that needs to be filled. God can only fill the voids that are in our lives. And if we keep trying to fill up our empty places with anything or anyone but God, we will never be satisfied. I mean, can you fuel a vehicle with anything but gas to make it run? We must be filled with God so our spiritual tank can be full. Why? So we can be whole. And that's what we're trying to get to, being whole and complete. So how do we get to the place where we are perfect, entire, and wanting nothing, as it says in James 1 and 4? We're going to discuss this in our next edition of Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey. This has been Elisha, and I pray that as you go throughout your day and interact with others in your sphere, you begin to be aware of the areas in your life that are empty. And I encourage you to talk to God about that and wait on God for the answer. Until next time, let's grow together. Be blessed. And we are back to continue the talk. Welcome. You're listening to Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey. So we're continuing this talk on filling the void in our lives. We all have them. It's part of being human. But I believe God wants us to get to a place of wholeness and not full of holes. 
I'll begin with the scripture we left on with our last talk. James 1 and 4. It says, But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The question I asked before was, how can we get to a place of being perfect, entire, and wanting nothing? We need to understand that we all have needs, and the need must be met. It's natural. If you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we have basic psychological and self-fulfillment needs. Basic needs include the physiological, physiological needs of food, warmth, water, rest, and safety needs of security and safety. And then psychological needs include belongingness, love, relationships, friendships, and esteem needs, um, prestige, and feeling of accomplishment. And finally, self-fulfillment needs include self-actualization, achieving one's full potential and creative activities. So before we have a relationship with Christ, we learn of relationships through whoever birthed us, whoever raised us, our family, our friends, etc. But prior to us actually having a relationship with Christ, we try to fill our own voids. If we did not receive enough love, enough attention or direction from those we expected to love us the most, then an emptiness is created and we begin to search for something that will fill that void. Is this not what happened in the Garden of Eden? Why did Adam and Eve eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil when God told them not to? They were trying to fill a void that only God could fill for them. They thought they were missing something. They believed the lie of the serpent who told them that they were not like God already. God created them in his image, but because they did not consult their creator before deciding to eat of that tree, God did not fill the void. It was filled by a lie. And this is not new. We continually must discern the lies from the truth when becoming the best version of ourselves. Sometimes our basic needs, psychological needs, and self-fulfillment needs are met but we still have a void. Unfortunately, when we have these voids, we tend to depend on others to fill what only God can do. Only God has the strength to bear the weight of our demands. The first step in moving toward filling these voids that are are in our lives so that we can become complete, entire, and wanting nothing is to acknowledge that there is a void and that what or who we are trying to fill it with will not suffice. Self-evaluation is the key if we want to locate the voids in our lives. We need to identify, take inventory, and evaluate what we know about ourselves. In 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, it says, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates? Most times we must go through loss or a traumatic experience to be able to see ourselves. 
Look at the person who ha- whose spouse asked for a divorce after 20 years and it seems to be unexpectedly. It was not out of the blue. The person did not take inventory and was not in a position to see themselves because they had their void filled by possibly their spouse or something else. It is harder to identify our voids when we believe they are being filled. One way to identify is to ask yourself this question. What is the one thing or person, if taken away, would create such a devastating loss that you would not be able to function? We're going to discuss this in our next edition of Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey. This is Elisha, and I pray that these talks are helping you to take inventory of your life and to light a fire to get out of any rut that you are in so you can start walking in your purpose and fulfilling your destiny in Christ. Until next time, let's grow together. Be blessed. to continue talking about filling the void in our lives. You're listening to Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey. I'm Alicia, and let's grow together. On our last talk, I left you with a question. What is the one thing or person that, if taken away, would create such a devastating loss that you would not be able to function. Did you get a chance to think about it? Was your answer a person, place, or thing? I want to start with a scripture out of Matthew chapter 9, verses 16 through 26. And the first verse, uh, 16, says... Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There's only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. That was verse 17. Verse 18. Which ones? The man asked. And Jesus replied, Well, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely. Verse 19. Honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 20. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Now, the young ruler, let's take a break from reading the scripture. The young ruler could have stopped there and thanked Jesus, thinking all was well with him. But still, he probed further and asked Jesus the most important question. What else must I do? That was an honest question. 
but I don't think he really wanted to know the answer. You ever ask a question not because you want to know the answer, but just because you want to see if you're right? I imagine that this was the case with this young man. So, verse 21, Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions. Give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 22, But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Verse 23, then Jesus says to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 24, I'll say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. In verse 25, the the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. In verse 26, we're at the end of reading. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. So, looks like money deceives many people into thinking that their void is filled when it's, and when it's gone, there's a huge pocket of emptiness left. When we hold on to money or anything that is pretending to fill the voids we have, we become a prisoner to something that is not truly helping us because uh, or helping us become the best version of ourselves. One of the lessons of maturity is to be ready to lose in order to gain. I'll say that again. We have to be ready to lose in order to gain. We can learn from this example on how we should approach identifying our void. We can ask God, what else can we do? When we take the time to pray, study, and spend time with God, and we feel we're in a good place in our spirituality, we can ask, what else, God? But then we need to prepare ourselves for the answer, because God's responsibility will, or response will certainly help us grow to the point where we are perfect and entire, wanting nothing. My challenge to you and to myself is to start unpacking your voids and places of emptiness in your life. On our next episode of Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey, we will discuss how we begin filling the void or voids that we have identified in our life. This is Alicia, and I pray that as we identify these voids and ask God to show us that we are able to face the truth about ourselves and our situations. Until next time, let's grow together. Be blessed. talk on filling the void in our lives. You're listening to Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey. I'm Alicia. Let's grow together. All right, let's dive right in. Now that we have identified the void, which is the thing that keeps us from relying totally on God, we need to get some help on filling it. There are so many books, programs, on helping yourself to overcome that we try to do it on our own without consulting the source of all the resources out there. 
We think we need more money, so we start our business and invest in a program. Or we get a second job. We think we need more friends, so we join a club. We think we need more you fill in the blank. So we search, we find something online. All these resources are fine, and I believe they can be helpful. But sometimes we put the resources ahead of the source. It's okay to start a business, invest in a program, get a second job, join a club. But first, let us get some direction, discernment, and marching orders from our source. We spend our time seeking and finding, seeking and finding, but we need to ask first. Let's look at this scripture, a key scripture for this episode, and Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. It says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asks, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So when we're trying to figure out, figure something out, these verses in Matthew give us instructions on how to solve our problems. First, we ask, expecting it to be given. Of course, we do not get everything we ask for. It has to be according to God's word, and we have to have pure motives and intentions. God is not going to give you more money without giving you more wisdom first. He wants to see how you handle your budget first. Work with what you have first. The implication is that we receive what we ask for. The assumption is that we are in need of something. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. That's James 4 and 3. When we examine ourselves, we ask questions that cause us to grow closer to God. Then he will give us the answer. When he gives us the answer, however, we must decide whether we want to receive it or walk away. The next part of the scripture says to seek and you will find it. The assumption is that we've lost something. God knew us and created us before we were in our mother's womb. According to Jeremiah 1 and 5, it says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He placed everything in us that we need to function and to be successful in the earth. When we are born, we forget. But when we decide to accept Jesus, follow Christ, and have a relationship with him, he begins to show us who we are in him. As we seek God, we find ourselves. The third part says to knock, and it will be opened. Here, a door is implied. We can knock on the door so that it opens, but we also need to walk through or we will stay where we are. I think that the young, the young man that we d- discussed on our last episode opened a door by asking that question of what else must I do? But he didn't walk through the door. The door represents the new, 
the new chapter in our lives, the new perspective, the new revelation. Once you walk through, you are changed and there's no going back. There are no, there are more doors to be opened so we can keep choosing to walk through them and move forward. I challenge you to keep moving forward as you go throughout your day. Let's go to the next level. We will discuss what that next level is on the next episode of Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey. I am Alicia, and I pray that you are not where you were yesterday, and you are continuing to grow spiritually. Until next time, let's grow together. Be blessed. to digest this, taking ownership of your spiritual journey. Today's topic is seeing the vision and becoming your best version. I'm Alicia, and let's grow together. Just to recap, if you are joining us for the first time, we discussed the voids and emptiness we all have in our lives that must be filled with God's help. Otherwise, we will never have the satisfaction feeling whole. For more information, please listen to the other four-part series on filling the void. And now that we have identified the void and sought help from our source on how to fill that void with truth, we are now able to see who we can become. My key scripture today comes from Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. And it says in verse 1, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Verse 2, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Verse 3, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And verse 4, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Vision is something that we have as a result of spending time with God. As we spend time with him, we are gradually recognizing the voids in our lives, and God is gradually filling them. He does this by giving us a vision of our future. We want to achieve many things, but have not done so yet. We may want to be debt-free and have a healthy life with healthy relationships. This will not just happen. We have to envision our fullness. Many people work hard to have fullness in their lives. If you have been working all your life and still are not producing the fruit you desire, 
Look closely at that scripture again. The first thing the prophet did was to seek the Lord and wait to hear a word from him. Then the Lord answered and directed him to write the vision. Then the Lord said that the vision is for an appointed time. You may think it's too late and you missed your chance, but God already knows that the vision happens according to a Kairos moment. The right time, the opportune or seasonable time. God gives us the key on how to accomplish this. We get the vision and then we walk it out by faith. The just shall live by faith. We have to live as if we already know it will be done. This is how we fill the void, by living, by becoming the best version of ourselves through faith. God is a heart fixer, a mind regulator, and a void filler. He heals you right where you hurt, and he is precise. He does not just throw everything at you and see if it sticks. That's what we do. We try things to see if it works. God already knows what is going to work. Having a relationship with Jesus Christ automatically fills the void in our lives. We just have to cultivate it and be consistent in our communication with our Father. As we spend time with God, He gradually points out the flaws in our character that we need to work on and we gradually develop Christ-like attributes that bring us closer to fulfilling our purpose in Him or bring us closer to becoming the best version of ourselves. Instead of looking at what we want or think we need to fill the voids in our lives, we should be courageous enough to look for the attributes that we are missing so that we can produce these things in our lives. We develop stewardship to manage our money and time properly. We attain wisdom to be able to make good decisions in life. We develop consistency so that we can be a trusted witness to others in the earth. Finally, God wants us to wants to restore us so that we can restore others. If we are all walking around with pockets of emptiness, then how can we help anyone else? Some of us have some deep voids that need a deep filling. So let us begin the healing process. After we have identified our void, do not replace it with people and things. Instead, let us ask God to fill our hearts and mind so that we can live in a place of fullness, wholeness, and completeness. Thank you so much for joining me on this five-part series on Fill the Void, See the Vision, and Become Your Best Version. You have been listening to Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey. I want to encourage you to start where you are and intentionally make an effort to grow spiritually by focusing on your inner self. Let's decide today to begin to live our best lives and give ourselves time to walk out this journey of self-discovery. I'm Alicia, and I'm so glad you joined me. Let's continue to grow together. Be blessed. Thank you.